Hello, movie lovers. You're listening to the Does It Hold Up podcast, where we talk about some of your favorite movies of all time to see if they still hold up. I'm Adam. And I'm Emily. And this week, we're going over 2002's The Ring. Spooky. Ah, scary. This is, I think, maybe the first horror movie I ever saw in theaters. Really? Maybe. I don't know. This came out in 2002. I was 16. So, you know, R-rated horror movies I couldn't get into yet. Wasn't wasn't quite there yet. Yeah. And there just weren't that many good horror movies in the late 90s when I could go to the theater and see them. So I had to watch them all at home. But this one, PG-13, I think this is the first one I saw. That's interesting. This is the first time I'm seeing this movie, so it's not the first horror movie I've ever, ever? seen. Ever? You've never seen The Ring before? No. Why? Well, I wasn't watching horror back then, and I have a problem where if I miss a movie, it's really hard for me to go back and watch it. That's fair. Thanks this podcast. Yeah. (laughs) This movie was a big deal at the time. I remember it was everywhere. People could not shut the hell up about this movie. It was like the best horror movie of all time when it came out. I mean, completely and utterly wrong, (laughs) but that's the way people talked about it. This movie was only in the top 10 for like eight weeks. I remember you would call your friend because this is back before like cell phones were everywhere. Mm -hmm. So you could literally star 69 your friend and then just when they'd answer, you'd just be like seven days and just hang up right away. It was like a running gag. (laughs) People did it to you, to me all the time. I did it to other people all the time. My friends and I were such dicks. We would call random numbers and do it. (laughs) Just for fun. I'm going to try this number today. It'd be like, do, 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 seven days. And then just quickly hang up. (laughs) I have no idea how many people we fucked up by doing that. But in my head, I think it's pretty funny. (laughs) But I'm a dick, apparently. No wonder you thought they said that more in this movie than they actually did. Well, what, three times? They say it like once. No, they say it at the beginning. They, like, people talk about it, but the, they only ever answer the phone and get the seven days once. Three times. Once at the beginning, with the two girls, she definitely answers it and gets the seven days. No, no. when she answers it, she her mom is on right. the So not line. there. Once with our main chick. Yeah. And once on the answering machine. But they don't listen to it. She deletes it. No, she deletes it. Really? Yeah. They, they only say seven days one time in this movie. Well, they only answer the phone Samara. one time. Samara only says it one time. No, you're wrong. I'm right. No, you're totally wrong. I was waiting for it, dude, because you boosted it up in my head that it was just going to be a thing where they said it all the time. And people talked about how you had seven days, like, five times in the movie. But, yeah, really? no. Yeah. Okay. You're going to have to pay attention the next time you watch it. I, weird. I don't, I don't agree. <laughs> I, I think you're wrong. I'm correct. I'm pretty sure they say it about 600 times in the movie. No. They just constantly are like, seven days, seven days. Maybe that's just a background noise that I wasn't hearing. Right. <laughs> like, it's a, a level that I just can't hear. Yeah, it's like a dog whistle. Only I can hear it. <laughs> okay. That blows my mind. But it was. It was a big deal. This movie just was huge. And then it got a sequel. Yeah. The Ring 2 was not very good. <laughs> Way worse than this movie, but people watched it. And then it got another sequel many, many, many moons later, Rings. Because, you know. Reasons? Yeah. Uh, Weird, right? Ring 
2. Ring, not Ring 2, just the Ring 2002. <laughs> so this movie had a budget of $48 million. It's pretty high. For a horror, 2002? Yeah. yeah, that's high for a horror even now, let alone an 02. But they had nothing to worry about. Domestically, it took $129 million, hmm. 2.7 times its budget. Worldwide, $248.2 million. 5.2 times its budget. Nice. That's huge. 2002, though, it was only the 17th ranked movie. Wow. It was behind Minority Report by $3 million. Hey, I like that movie. Yeah, great movie. Tom Cruise, man. <laughs> <laughs> Love Tom Cruise. He started this whole podcast. Yes, he did. Uh, adjusted for inflation, it made $234 million in 2023 money. Okay. And this year, it would be in eighth place behind the 2023 haul of Avatar The Way of Water, <laughs> which is just sad. I Avatar made so much money. Yeah, a, a stupid amount of money. But like, not really. It made so $700 million, but it split it over two years. So it feels like it's not that much money, mm-hmm. but it is. It's so weird. I really don't like movies that do that, but... You kind of can't help it. Yeah, if you release in December and you play for a month, like, you're going to go to the next year. Yeah. It just blows my mind that just the 2023 haul of Avatar puts it in seventh place for the entire year. No other movies, well, six other movies, have done better than it. (laughs) Where their entire run was through this year. Yeah, I just don't get it. Yeah. Stupid. Screw you, Avatar. You're not even a good movie. I don't like either Avatar. It's long and it's not even a complete story. It's the same movie as the first movie. Sort of. Just instead of the forest, it's water. (laughs) It's the same movie. If they go on to fire, Avatar, the last airbender is going to sue. Absolutely. Don't put it. (laughs) Nobody's going to beat James Cameron in a courtroom, though. He has all the money in the world. He will just stomp them out. Yeah, but the fanboys, man. It wouldn't matter. So, like I said earlier, this movie spent eight weeks inside of the top ten. It made $15 million its opening weekend, and it made $18.5 million in its second weekend. Ooh. Do you think it was part of the whole your phone call thing of seven days? Oh, I guarantee. Dude, yes. The word of mouth on this movie and the interaction of people messing with each other, especially, like, if you hadn't seen it, and my friends and I called you and we're like, seven days. You would have no idea what that was. And you would have to find out. Yeah. And then you'd go see the movie. Because you'd be interested. That's fair. So, so basically you and your friends are the whole reason why I did any money. You're welcome, The Ring. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Warner Brothers or whoever made this. I'm not even sure. Orion? Who made this? I think it was Orion. Sure. You're welcome, whoever you are. Viral marketing. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So the movie was directed by Gore Verbinski. Do you know that name? It sounds familiar, but no. So he's like one of the last auteurs in Hollywood who kind of like makes his movies. Mm -hmm. But he hasn't made a movie since 2016 and he has no movies coming out. But before he made this movie, he made Mouse Hunt. You ever seen that? Nope. With Nathan Lane. Fun movie. He made The Mexican with Brad Pitt. You ever seen that? Nope. Those are both fun movies. But he really nails it with his next two, which is The Ring. And then guess what he followed up with? I have no idea. Of course you don't. It was rhetorical. Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Ooh, okay. Crushed it. Yeah. These two movies back to back for him in 02 and 03, 
crushed it. No wonder he hasn't had to make another movie. No, because then after uh, Curse of the Black Pearl, he does The Weatherman with Nick Cage. Not a good movie, but it's a Nick Cage movie. You get what you get. (laughs) But then he does the two sequels to Pirates, Dead Man's Chest and At World's End. So he made the first three Pirates movies. The only good ones. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's only one good one. It's the first one. Yeah. Interesting. Then he makes Ringo, which wins Best Animated Feature at the Oscars for him. Yeah, I like that movie. But then this is where it all comes to an end. (laughs) He then makes The Lone Ranger with Army Hammer and Johnny Depp, where Johnny Depp is playing an Indian. Yeah. And then A Cure for Wellness with Dane DeHaan in 2016. That's his last movie, which was a very interesting movie. But it wasn't a very good movie. I remember hearing about that movie, but nothing about that movie actually sticks in my mind. Yeah. I don't think you've ever watched it. I didn't. Yeah. But I know the name. Oh, yeah. For sure. It was, like, supposed to be a big project, and people were really psyched for it, and then it just failed miserably. (laughs) But when you made The Ring and the first three Pirates movies, you're right. You don't have to work ever again. Yeah. Just collect them royalties. Gore Verbinski can be liked by critics but not always Mm -hmm. did critics like this movie so roger ebert gave it two stars Mm, okay it's on the level of spider-man you shut your mouth right now (laughs) spider-man was 2.5 stars was it really yes oh (laughs) two and a half stars my bad don't you dare take not as good as spider-man don't you dare take away that half a star (laughs) it's the difference (laughs) (laughs) and this is what he had to say about it Rarely has a more serious effort produced a less serious result than in The Ring, the kind of dread dark horror film where you better hope nobody in the audience snickers because the film teeters right on the edge of ridiculous. Oh, that's kind of harsh. Yeah, he he was very harsh on this movie. But I do agree with him for the most part. Do you? Yeah. Makes perfect sense. It does. it, It teeters on that edge. But it's not a bad movie. Right. So it's not like you're gonna give it one star. Like... You got 50%. Good job. You nailed 50% of it. All right. What else you got? The Rotten Tomato critics have it at a 71% and the audience a 48. <laughs> However, the actual numbers much closer together. So the critics have it at a 6.6 out of 10. Audience have it at a 6 out of 10. Okay. That makes sense. I would I would love to know what the audience number was back in like 0203. Probably massively higher. Yeah. I think over the years, it's probably dropped mm-hmm. quite significantly. Maybe after its sequels. Maybe. Cinema score? Cinema score had it at a B minus. Uh, I think maybe people just didn't know what to expect. Yeah. This movie's a lot different than I remember it. I mean, clearly people must have loved it after that first weekend. Maybe just not at the places they asked. Because, <laughs> yeah, to get a increase the next weekend, they must have really liked it. So having that be a B minus makes very little sense. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that. So Ringu came out in 1998 in Japan, Japanese horror film. This movie came out in 2002 here in America. America. North America. <laughs> and the United States. But it's like a shot for shot remake of Ringu. It's the same exact story. The videotape, the everything, the, the mom who's a reporter who's doing a story, blah, blah, blah. It's exactly the same. It's a remake. From what I could tell from looking stuff up, they held off showing this movie in the US until after The Ring came out. They kind of like barred it from being seen here. 
Well, they didn't really... We didn't have an international market that much back in the day because we had so many Hollywood movies coming out that we didn't need to worry about it and most people just didn't care. Mm. So they didn't put a ton of those kind of movies in theaters. They just remade them. They were like, oh, that worked really well over there. Let's just put our little American spin on it and uh, make our own. Because basically the Ringu is only like an hour 35. Mm -hmm. And yet somehow this one's two hours. And the extra 25 minutes is just all the American drama you expect from a movie. So basically them not being together. No, no. There's an ex-husband in Ringu as well Hmm. that she works with to figure out what's going on with this tape. But it's all the extra little like added scenes of them driving in a car and him being like, I'm a bad father. Ha 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 ha. (laughs) (laughs) He does that, right? He totally laughs when he says it. (laughs) Ha 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 ha. Bad father to you. I feel like he should be twirling a mustache, you know, when he do it like that. Yeah. I'm a bad father. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the kind of stuff they added. Somehow they got an extra 25 minutes out of this movie. Doesn't make any sense. That probably would have helped the movie if it cut that 25 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. But what's more interesting is, so there was like a string of Japanese horror remakes around this time Mm -hmm. because as much as people like to complain about unoriginal movies in Hollywood now, Hollywood was creatively bankrupt forever because here's what happened in the early 2000s. You had a movie called Pulse. It came out in Japan in 2001. The American remake was 06. You had One Missed Call, Japan, 03, America, 08. Dark Water, Japan, 02, America, 05. Juon, or The Grudge, Japan, 02, America, 04. And then you had Ringyu, 1999 Japan, 02 America. I'm sorry. You had to remake all of these? You couldn't come up with a single original horror movie in the early 2000s. Apparently Japan is really good for horror. What is that? What is that all about? If they have good ideas, apparently, it's easier than making up your own. To just blatantly remake them? You don't even take, like, the concept and do your own thing. You just remake the movie. Most of these movies I just named are pretty much shot-for-shot remakes of the Japanese version. Yeah. Creatively bankrupt. Embarrassing. It is embarrassing, and they probably did it just so they could be like, Ah, Americans wouldn't want this Japanese movie, but they would like the idea, so let's make it American. Yeah, but Juon, The Grudge, yeah. Japanese version's way better. Oh, no doubt. This one, American version better. Okay. Weirdly. It's really poorly made. The what? Japan one. Oh. Ringyu, really poorly made. Can get a little weird at times. But I will tell you, the Japanese version of Samara's tape, mm-hmm. much scarier. Yeah. As gruesome, like more gruesome or just, just like... It's scarier. It's scarier. Take it how you want to take it. I don't know. That's fair, I guess. Scarier. It's better. Okay. That one would freak me out. The one in this movie, I just laugh at. The one in this movie you'd think, <clears throat> just like Noah did, it's some student film? Yeah. Like, ooh, it's an art house feature. Qu- Quentin Tarantino's probably playing this at his theater tomorrow. Like, <laughs> who cares? It's not a good movie. It's not a good movie. Okay. You ready going to the movie? Sure. Yay. Okay, so first up, the opening is freaking great. The feels, two girls. It feels like it takes a little too long. Explain. It's just, uh, we get a lot of teenagers being terrible. I I, I don't like the teenagers Wait. in this movie. There are two teenagers in this movie. Yes. And right they here are, at the beginning. That's they it. are jerks to each other, and I'm just like, They're why friends. are teenagers in movies the worst? They're friends. What do you, how, okay, bo- maybe, how boring of a life did you have when you were a teenager that you thought they were being mean to each other? 
Uh, I wouldn't call it boring. I'd call it more supportive and not being an a-hole. They're not a-holes. They're having fun. I mean... They didn't, like, punch each other. They're talking about being scared by something, and then they're just joking with each other about it. Like, haha, you were scared. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm 37. I do that to people now. That's... I do it to you. I know, and I don't like it. <laughs> oh, you're, you're such a baby. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they're just having fun. They're teasing each other. That's friendship. That's, I guess. Have you never had a real friend in your life? Uh, I've had better friends that knew don't do. Listen, don't do this. What's what's the old adage? A, a friend will help you up when you fall. A best friend will laugh at you when you fall and then help you up. Correct. Yeah. So they, you never had a best friend. There's never the helping up yes, part. They, oh my god! Yes, they do. They like hug and then they immediately switch to oh my god! You had sex with him over the weekend, didn't you? That's friend stuff. Yeah. Oh my god, get over it. Ah. This opening's great. I don't know. It just takes so long. God, you're such a crotchety old woman sometimes. Sometimes, yes. You're not even old. You just act like it. I'm a 90-year-old woman (laughs) in a young person's body. But it's it's so good. Bringing up this tape and then the one friend, like, she plays it so well. Oh my god, what are you talking about? We watched that tape. We watched it over the weekend. We thought it was some kind of sick joke. And then the phone rang. It was a week ago. A week ago tonight. Uh, you're just trying to scare me. Oh my god, Kitty. You freak! You totally fell for it. No. It's like the fakest death ever. <laughs> but it's so good. And then they switch, and then it's just fun. And then I love when the friend gets her back with the phone call. The phone rings, and they both, like, panic. Even though they didn't watch the video, so, like, I don't know what they're panicking about with the phone call. I guess they just freaked each other out. Because they real the one realizes the other actually did watch the movie. Hmm. So they answer it. It just happens to be one of the girl's moms. And while she's talking to her, the other girl walks away. She goes to find her and dies. Because she did actually watch the video a week ago. The story she made up was real. Yeah. Which is such a great subversion because you think she's just messing around. Nope. She actually did watch the video and now she's dead. I liked it. I just wish it went a little quicker. Yeah. This is going to be me for the most of the this podcast is I just wish it went a little quicker. Ah, fine. But when she finds the water on the floor, really cool moment at the beginning. When she walks up the steps and there's just water coming out of the, the bedroom and you're just like... What the hell's happening? Yeah. Really cool. So that's how we get to um, the the main story, right? And the main story is all about Rachel and her son, Aiden. The girl that died at the beginning is Rachel's niece. Yeah. So she goes to the funeral. She finds out what happened. Then she has to go find this videotape and blah, blah, blah. Right. Is that a good setup? Is that a good way to connect what happens at the beginning to what happens at the rest of the movie? Having them related? Yeah. Uh... Honestly, it gives a reason why this woman is going so hard at this story. Because otherwise... I mean, she's a reporter. If it's a story, it's a story. Yeah, but you wouldn't go out of... I I mean, so far out of your way to actually connect these deaths. Because no one else did, clearly. I don't know. It's just one of those things where you could have either made it work with the original pairing. The four kids who did it. Or with this, and I think this was a decent secondary kill. Do, would you prefer 
if this movie followed those four kids at the cabin and each one of their deaths and one of them trying to survive it? I, the way they have it set up in the movie, no, because none of them actually take it seriously enough. But this one, the way it has it in the movie, I like because she's actually trying to figure stuff out. She takes it seriously from day one. All right. Sure. Let's talk about Rachel, the protagonist of this movie. I, I, she doesn't seem like a protagonist, but we'll, we'll call her that. That's what the movie wants to call yeah, sure. her? Sure. Uh, she's played by Naomi Watts. You may know Naomi Watts from like King Kong, mm-hmm. right? You know her from that. She's in Birdman, Mulholland Drive. Not a great actress, but has been in a lot of good movies. Yeah, I don't know how she keeps getting work. She has somewhat of a unique look. Very somewhat. But she plays Rachel, a mom. What a terrible mom. Oh, the worst. So we're we're watching two back-to-back movies with terrible parents. Mm-hmm. We just watched E.T. for last week's episode, Terrible Parent. Who's stuck in her own world. And she, this this woman, Rachel, she doesn't even know what's going on with her son. Not a thing. She's too focused on work to give a shit. Yeah. And is it weird that her son calls her Rachel? extremely did that throw you off very very much so because it throws me off and i don't i don't understand it because it's not like she's purposefully doing anything bad to him or anything like that she's just not paying enough attention to him so for him to immediately just be like rachel except for when it comes to his dad because then he's like mom did this and it's like well clearly you know her as your mother i just smacked the crap out of this kid at some point yeah he's kind of a douche he's a little shit all right so we meet her and we meet aiden her son who's played by david dorfman okay so you recognized him from some stuff Mm -hmm. i don't really i know he's been in a ton of stuff as a kid he hasn't acted since 2010 yeah so he kind of got out of it but he was in like drill bit taylor he was in the ring 2 the sequel texas chainsaw massacre the tv version of a wrinkle in time what? There was a TV version? Yeah, the TV movie. Uh, I could have sworn that was just a movie movie. No, it was made for TV. There are no commercial breaks in it, though. Doesn't mean it wasn't made for TV. I had the disc. And doesn't mean they didn't release it. It was made for TV. Huh. It was not a theatrically released thing. So he's been in a few things, but okay. He's, he's an okay actor as a kid. He was sufficiently creepy. Yeah. My problem is, why the f- was he creepy? Yeah, I had a big problem with this because he's creepy from the get-go. Nothing about him changes throughout the movie. So it's like, but why though? Is there an overarching reason for this? No? Okay, (laughs) cool. So I have a feeling that the writers of this movie happened to watch The Sixth Sense. Mm -hmm. And they were like, we kind of like that idea. We're going (laughs) to steal it and give our kid this. But it doesn't make sense for their story. Why is he connected to Samara? Why does he see Samara things? He hasn't watched the videotape. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know. Why is he connected? Why does he draw a picture of creepy dead people a week before his cousin dies? The whole thing is the mom thinks he's all jacked up because he was really close with the cousin who died at the beginning. Yeah. And it jacked him up. And a teacher early on is like, he drew these creepy pictures. I know he's going through some stuff. She's like, yeah, his cousin just died three days ago. You say she died three nights ago. Yeah, that's right. Aiden drew these last week. Why? I actually had this in my questions area of what's the kid's deal? Is he a seer? 
which is what they have from the sixth sense. Yeah, I don't get it. If he was a seer, like, he would just be hanging out with his cousin, right? He wouldn't just see Samara stuff. Yeah. So I don't know what the connection to Samara is. And I don't remember if they explain it in The Ring 2, his, his connection at all. But it doesn't matter. You can't rely on the sequel. You have to explain stuff in the movie I'm watching. So I know we're not at this part yet, but, you know, the friend found from the beginning of the movie finds her other friend dead and goes into an asylum basically. Yeah. And she somehow knows when Rachel has watched the movie. And I'm like, is it that if you see death, you are touched by it? Like, you know, death. But it's not death. It's Samara. They, They don't know death. They're not seeing other dead people. They're not connected to other dead things. They just are connected to the Samara stuff with the friend in the asylum. I think she just knows one, I, I don't know how she knows the four days, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you don't come asking questions unless you've seen the tape. You don't come find Becca, the friend in the asylum, unless there's a reason. I mean, she introduced herself as a reporter and clearly this girl had heard of the tape before she saw the tape, before she even, before she knew her friend saw the tape. Yeah. So clearly it's something that's getting around. So that could have been why. So the fact that she just knows makes no sense. And the this is an issue I had with the entire movie is it set up so many things that it never pays off. It set up so many things that could have been really cool. And you're just like, it's a thing. Yeah, it's more or less the writers went, this would be cool. We're not going to explain it, but it's going to look cool or be cool. And you want to, in the moment, watching the movie, like for the first time back in 02 when it came out, I was like, yeah, that's cool as hell. Oh, that's so creepy. Like, I think this was the first movie that, again, I saw in theaters and I was sufficiently creeped out by. Mm. I've been watching horror movies forever. I We talked about this the other day. I don't get scared. Yeah. Horror movies, I giggle a lot of times when stuff happens. Like, we've gone to theaters to see horror movies. And, like, some scary stuff happens. And you hear other people go, ah, ah, And I'm like, <laughs> I, do, I don't get scared. Mm-hmm. This movie I remember watching and being sufficiently creeped out. And things like this little kid being all weird and sh- creep me out the girl knowing she only had four days left scary as an adult i watch it and i'm like that makes no sense i yeah i think i'm gonna have a different perspective because i've only watched it as an adult who breaks down movies yeah Yeah. so it was just really creepy and i'm like this movie is trying to be too much yeah super weird so she goes and she's trying to figure out why her she finds out about this videotape from friends at her niece's funeral So she goes to find out what happened. She discovers the tape. Rachel watches the tape, gets her phone call. Seven days. Mm -hmm. Apparently the only time it happens in the whole movie. Mm -hmm. Still find that unbelievable. I was waiting for it. Well. It didn't pay off. (laughs) It didn't apparently. So now she's at a race, right? Mm Because she immediately believes. That's the one good thing about her character. She doesn't act like... Oh, this is such bullshit. There's no way this is real. I'm just gonna just ignore it. Nah, she like immediately dives into it. Now, it might be because she's a reporter and she's writing a story and she might start to believe more and more as it goes, but it's nice to see a character, some weird, unexplainable stuff happens, and instead of doubting it, just going with it. Yeah. Although I really wish the first movie she grabs isn't it. (laughs) It'd have been a nice subversion. But it's not a comedy. Yeah, it doesn't need to be comedic. And what, what, what movie would she have grabbed? I don't Indi- know. Like Independence Day? Like, I don't understand. 
Every other movie on that shelf, she could see. Every other movie on the shelf was in a box. She knew what those movies were. This was the only one not in a box. I so know. So it makes sense. Would you, did you want somebody to like have a homemade video there that they left? I guess. It's a weird thing. I just like subversions. <laughs> but it doesn't, it wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. Like she didn't like accidentally grab like they were all just in plain white boxes and she happened to pick one. This one clearly stood out. I don't know. Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> so she watches it. She believes it. She immediately starts researching it. Mm-hmm. Here's my biggest problem with this whole fucking movie. Okay. The first five days of her seven days happens in like 15 minutes. We it get goes little jumps so here fast. and there. Yeah. It's like five minutes per day. So it's like 25 minutes mm-hmm. of the whole movie. And then day six and seven take an hour and a half. Yeah. I would have liked it to be a little bit better. What's the word I'm looking for here? Spaced? Yeah, spread out. Spread out more. Like day one, I guess could happen fast because she's still trying to process it all. But like day two, let's get into it a little bit. Maybe some stuff happens on day three and it goes fast. And then day four, a little bit, little fast, but not, not bad. Day five is where she really is into it. And day six and seven can play out. Why do we just shoot through these things? Question. Yeah. Would the movie have been better if we had just started at the funeral, at the wake? No. Get rid of that beginning kill altogether, but you know it's something that actually happened. So you don't know fully if it's. But we don't know what actually happened. We literally just would be at a funeral. She died. We we don't know that it's some creepy supernatural thing. And you're gonna figure that out in the next like ten minutes. No, because the mother asks her to look into it. No, and that's when she looks into it and finds out there's four kids that are dead now. No, she finds that out from like the two, three kids outside. She, she doesn't fa- find that out from the mom. The mom doesn't isn't like, oh my god, you need to do some journalistic investigation. Well, no, the mom was like, hey, you need to look into this because there's no reason why this my daughter should have died from a heart attack at the age of like fifteen. First of all, wasn't a heart attack. Her heart just stopped. Sorry, not a heart attack. And secondly, that's all she says. She's just like, doctors can't tell me what happened. Can you look into it? Like she's not like, there's some creepy shit going on. Please go take a look. No, I know, but what the hell are you talking about? I'm saying she's like, hey, go look at, into this. Can you look into this, please? And that's when she goes and talks to the kids outside. Why she talks to the kids outside? She talks to the kids outside because she's having a cigarette, and so are they. Nah, she purposefully went out there to try and talk to them. Get the. F- no, yeah. just because you hate the opening doesn't mean it's bad. We need the opening. I'm just saying, then you would have had more time to have more of these days, and you would have actually had to, with her, figure out if this is a real thing or not. It's a two-hour movie. We had plenty of time. The movie just wasted it. Yeah. Just wasted it. No, you need the opening kill. Could the opening kill have been a little faster? Maybe. But you need it. That sets up the entire movie. I guess. It's not a mystery. It's a horror. If it was a mystery movie, not showing the first kill makes sense. But it's a horror movie. You need to be scared. I'm going to put my hot take out there. This is not a horror movie. Then what is it? It's a thriller. Is it? It's a suspense thriller. Yeah. Are you sure? It's not scary at all. It's a psychological horror. Sure. But aren't those supposed to be scary as well? I guess you could call that a thriller then. Yeah. We're just watching this woman break down over time because of what's happening. Yeah. Thriller. Fine. I'll give it to you. I also, I, I, I mean, I agree with you to a certain point. This is really a horror movie. I'm not sure what we were all scared of back in 2002. You thought that them showing enough of the tape made it so that you were now cursed. No, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> I definitely didn't think that. Yeah, I don't know what you guys were afraid I don't, of. Yeah, what? 
What were we all Were we all high? Probably. Were we drunk? Was I a 16-year-old drunk watching this movie and that's why I was scared? But then again, I thought they said seven days a thousand times in this movie. So maybe I just watched a completely different movie in my head. It's that Mandela effect. Yeah. I just remember. Maybe this is a completely different movie than I watched. Who knows? But I mean, it it, it made a ton of money. So other people were liking it too. Yeah. But you wonder what? Paranormal Activity made a bunch of money too. And that's the boringest movie I've ever watched in my entire life. I've never been able to get through that movie. Brilliant Witch made a ton of money and it's boring as hell until the last like five minutes. I have not even tried to watch that movie because I don't want to watch up people's noses as they're crying. You don't want to see boogers? No. It's a good shot though. But Blair Witch only worked because of the whole viral marketing of these people are actually dead. It's real. It's a real story. Paranormal Activity, I'm not sure what happened there. It's 2007. We are well into the internet. We can research things. We know things. Why in the hell did we all love that movie? Because it looked real. But it clearly wasn't. Yeah. Staged as hell. Yeah. But it could have been. We're all stupid, is what I'm hearing. Yeah. We all fall for horror movies that aren't scary. Yeah. I'm glad we're all on the same page now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad we all understand this. So she goes, she starts researching things. 75% of this movie is her just researching stuff. Which I actually found interesting if this was not supposed to be a horror movie. (laughs) True. If this was like a cop drama, research stuff is cool. Or even just a thriller mystery. Is this a real thing or not? And what happened? Okay. Fine. Whatever. You don't have to argue anymore. I have a a better movie in here. (laughs) You just need to cut off the beginning and the end. And it's a better movie. Oh, I have a question about that later. Okay. So she goes and blah, blah, blah. She finds, she goes to her uh, ex-husband or I don't even know if they were married. They just had a kid together. Yeah, they were not married. They weren't married. Uh, They go to Noah, who's played by Martin Henderson, which he's been in stuff. I guess. Yeah. He played Wayne in the new movie X that just came out last year. Mm. I don't know who Wayne is and I don't remember him in this movie. I don't remember any of the names in that movie. Yeah. um, Who knows? Uh, he was in The Strangers, Pray at Night. He was on Grey's Anatomy for 48 episodes. Like, he's had a pretty good career, which is weird because uh, he sucks in this movie. Yeah. He's not a good actor. I don't buy him at all. It's just weird. But she goes to him for help, makes him watch the movie. Nope. She actually tells him not to. This was an interesting thing. I was like, you're going to make this person, like, you think this thing is killing people and you're going to have your kid's father watch it too? So you both can die? But she, like, tries, and I'm putting this in air quotes, tries (laughs) to get him to not watch it, but doesn't try all that hard. I'm thinking maybe you shouldn't see it. No, I should know more about it first. Yeah, to me, it doesn't even feel like she tries. She's just like, it's like that idea of like, here's a movie that you shouldn't watch. That's fair. (laughs) Like, there's no... Don't watch this movie. I'm serious. Don't watch this movie. She's like, oh, I really shouldn't let you watch this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm naughty for doing this, but don't watch this movie. Yeah, shut up, Rachel. (laughs) It it feels like that part of Bohemian Rhapsody where uh, Freddie Mercury is like, oh, I really shouldn't let you listen to this demo tape. They don't want me to let you listen to it. That's exactly what it is. (laughs) Freaking dumb. So dumb. But she goes to him for help because he works in video, conveniently. He's an editor or something. Something. I, he's got a huge setup where he can do a bunch of stuff with videotapes and whatever. He I don't know. random camera p- bits and pieces. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. He, it's his job. So she goes to him for help. He watches the tape. He's now. Mm-hmm. So now they have to figure it out together. 
Great. I love it. Let's team up. Let's do this. The problem is, by the time she shows him the tape and he agrees that stuff's happening and they're gonna team up, she's on day five. <laughs> day three. Five. By the time he's actually fully but, involved. Yes, that's day fair. Five. She shows him on day three. Yeah. But No, actually day two, because she dies the next day. Oh, he does. Yeah, so day yeah. two. But it isn't until like day four when yeah. he sees his own face jacked up in a, a camera and is like, oh, sh-. Which is like a sign that they're gonna die yeah go okay no you're rolling your eyes you're whatever you do this part is great no i like it i'm just wishing they would have almost explained it or had some type of reasoning behind it because there there is nothing in samara's whole story that explains that aspect what what do you mean i really wish it would have had something to connect to samara's story there being a reason why it was disordered i i don't know vanity I, Literally the whole part of her mom brushing her hair in the mirror and like getting ready. Oh. It's vanity. Oh, okay. And so now they're smeared. They can't see themselves. Okay. Okay. So. Okay. I just, you I just did missed not. That. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I did not make that connection. <laughs> good. It's all good. Yeah. No, that's what that's for. But it's good. It's one of my favorite parts of this movie mm-hmm. when their faces are smeared. I love when he's looking through the camera and she's taken like 17 photos and they're all just smeared. And she's trying different angles. And I'm like, smart decisions. Maybe it was just that picture. Take a bunch more. Take this angle. Take that angle. Get on video camera. He's at a freaking bodega trying mm-hmm. to buy cigarettes, and it's in the CCTV camera that, that he sees himself all jacked up. That is when he's fully on board, is when he sees that. He, he doesn't even believe the camera, because it's like, okay, it's one camera. Maybe oh, the yeah. camera's messed up. But the fact that he sees it on the CCTV, and that is wonderfully done, by the way. Oh, yeah. Where he, like, tries to wave his hand in front of it, and it and distorts it, even more. You can see it actually go back go back normal for just a frame as his hands passing in front when his hands in front his hands not distorted and mm-hmm. neither is the parts around it because he's still covered up yeah and but and as his face pat his hand passes his face is all jacked up again yeah such a good moment and Except, well done why is the worker at the bodega not like what the f- is happening to my camera can yeah. she see it or can only you see it the problem is is they should be able to see it because she sees the picture of the four kids. Yes, yeah. before she goes and finds the tape. So yeah. so it's a little weird. It doesn't quite add up all the way. Mm-hmm. Still great concept. Yeah. And they execute it wonderfully for a, a movie in 2002. Yeah. So they start trying to figure it out. She realizes there's more to the images on the movie, on this videotape. Mm-hmm. So they're stretching it so they can see the sides of it. And she discovers a lighthouse, which leads her to more research. The research leads her to an island where she meets a man named Richard Morgan, mm-hmm. who is played by Brian Cox. He's a wonderful that guy. He shows up in tons of stuff. Sometimes he's a big part. Sometimes he's little parts like this. Crushes it every time. You might know him from X2, X-Men United. What was he in that? Striker. Oh. The guy trying to get Logan. He's great. He's yeah. so f- good in all movies. And he's sufficiently creepy in this one. Without being creepy, though. Like, he doesn't do anything creepy. He looks like a man who lost his wife and his hell child Mm -hmm. and is broken. But he plays broken so well that it comes across, like, when she's talking to him, I'm like, he's going to kill her, right? Mm -hmm. He's about to attack her and brutally murder her because he's giving off that creepy vibe. He's also giving off the vibe that... It works really well for the reveal we get later that he was the one who did something to Samara. I got the vibe that he had killed her and oh, done something yeah. to her. And then the mom died because of that, or 
the mom had killed herself because of Samara and then he killed Samara to get rid of her. Nope. Yeah, no. Yeah. So that was a nice subversion that, well, not even subversion, but that was a nice thing that they made him so creepy that I thought he had done something. And you need so many, you need so many levels to this character. That's why you hire Brian Cox Mm -hmm. because he's really good at it. So she, she discovers this house. She talks to him, tries to get behind it being like, I'm a, I'm a reporter. Tell me this story. And he's like, you just need to go off, go away. Yeah. Right. So she does. She leaves. But in the meantime, she's looking around his house, noticing this is where the videotape was made. She sees the mirror from it. She sees the outside of the house that her son drew Mm -hmm. for some reason. We'll get back to that. And then she starts putting the whole story together. Here's my, here's where I, I get a little weirded out. A little like, this movie doesn't work for me. So she thinks she's figured it out, what's happened to Samara. By looking at her history, she finds videotapes of Samara in a, in a hospital being talked to by doctors, all this stuff. Samara's a f- sufficiently creepy. She knows Samara's been killed. They figure out that she was dropped into a well. Mm-hmm. Why is the well not at the house, at the property? Yeah. Why is the well all the way back at the cabin that the kids were at when they watched the videotape for the first time? It's under the floor of the cabin. Why is the well there? I guess, you know, you find out the mom actually killed her. You would assume, like, the mom took her away from the home so that the dad couldn't cares? step in. The dad didn't care. The dad didn't want a little girl the whole time. The dad would have been like, yeah, whatever. I, I don't know if he would have been behind murdering her. Absolutely, he would have. I don't know. Dude, she ruined his entire life. She killed his wife, killed all of his horses with her shenanigans. Like, yeah, I'm gonna call them shenanigans. Well, she at least killed the horses with the shenanigans. The wife wasn't dead until after they killed Samara. Yeah, but it was definitely Samara's fault. Yeah. So he took, she took everything. Like, kill the kid. It's fine. That's, that's his thinking. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know why they go to the inn, why the well has to be there. I guess to circle back to the beginning of the movie. Yeah. It's stupid. Just put the well at the house. Also. Yeah. This is a knit of mine. Building a cabin right over a well. You didn't, like, take the well out. You didn't make a, like, pavement over it. So no, you just cool? built over it. So Samara was killed by her mom because Samara's creepy as shit. She's pretty much, like, hell spawn like i said mm-hmm. she has weird powers and all this stuff makes people go never crazy. sleeps never sleeps all this and so the mom throws her in a well but she survives for seven days trying to get out and then she dies and in death she somehow makes this videotape that kills people mm-hmm. that's that's it so they discover the well she finds samara's body in the well and it looks like the little girl like full flesh everything and then well she's holding her like decays into the bones yeah, as soon as Noah talks to her. Yeah. It's okay now. It's okay. It's weird. Yeah. A little weird. I don't know why she's so connected. But then they save her. They pulled Samara out of the well. Mm-hmm. They're going to bury her for real. They They think they've ended it. And the bruise burn thing of the hand on her arm that kind of marks them for death goes away in that moment. But they didn't. They didn't save her. So they made it past the day, the seventh day. So Rachel's still alive. She made it past seven days. And they figured it's because they saved Samara. They found her. They got her buried. All this stuff. That's all she wanted as a vengeful spirit. She wanted to be heard. Yeah. She was found. She's good. Rachel gets home, tells her son, who also watched the videotape earlier in the movie... And is marked for death. We saved her. We're good. Everything's fun. And he's like, you're an idiot. That's not what you were supposed to do. You basically just made her more powerful. She's not going to stop. 
Yeah. And at that time, which is now the eighth day since Rachel watched it, but the seventh day for Noah, he's at home thinking everything's done. He picks up his coffee cup and leaves a ring of water Mm -hmm. on the newspaper. So great detail. Oh, yeah. And then the TV flicks on to static. And he's like, what the hell? He goes and turns it off. As he's walking away, it flicks on again. And what do we see? The well. And who's climbing out of it? Samara. Creepily as hell. Oh, yeah. Like, reversed footage because her hair moves a certain way. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Yeah. So she climbs out of the well, slowly walking towards the, the camera, you know, teleporting. It's coming in and out. It's whatever. She gets to the TV. She claws through the TV. Mm-hmm. into the real world and i love what they do here because they don't immediately make her flesh and bone like they don't make her tangible in our world she still has like a tv appearance they still give her a little static they still she just is a tv image now in the real world that was probably the best visual effect they did in the entire movie so good so cool mm-hmm. and she just looks at him noah noah dies rachel's now figured out that It didn't end. So she tries to save Noah, runs to him. Not too late. He's dead. What she figures out in the meantime, though, is she did want to be heard, but not to be saved. She just wants to continuously be heard. Mm -hmm. And why did Rachel survive? Because earlier in the movie, she made a copy of the murder tape. (laughs) Yeah, the murder tape. I mean, I guess we'll call it, I guess. (laughs) Yes, she made a copy of the murder tape. And that's what she showed to Noah. So she took her curse and passed it on. It just doesn't make sense. Why? Because the mark on her arm does not go away until she helps her out of the well. So if it was she showed it to someone else, the mark should have gone away the moment she showed it to Noah. Agreed. Agreed. It's it's a big flaw. The only thinking I have here is it didn't go away until her seven days were up in case she part of my language here in case she wanted to still fuck around and find out Mm. you know so it was like you're not completely out of the woods yet in case like something happens you're still maybe in trouble and then once that seven day hits and nothing changed she was cleared i just it makes no sense and i hate it Ugh, hate it i'm gonna do my best here i'm trying really hard to explain it but you're right it's a flaw a major it's a flaw They make another copy so that they can save the kid. She forces the kid to make a copy so that he can pass the curse on so he's saved. I love this kid in this moment because as they're making the tape, he's like, so when we make the copy, I'll be fine. Rachel's like, yeah. He's like, but what happens to the person we show it to? Mm -hmm. And then the movie just ends. She doesn't even answer him. Because there is no answer. There is no answer. But then we cut to black and it shows some weird images and you laughed. Yeah. Because you were like, haha, we are the people that they showed it to. I, I think that's what they wanted it to be. And, and that's I, probably why everyone freaked out about this movie when it came out. Because yeah, they, they, they thought it too. I think the ending's actually fantastic. I love the idea. This is what pisses me off in modern horror movies and just, I guess, movies in general. When you don't know that you're going to continue a story. So you end it and then you have to like retcon a bunch of shit to Mm -hmm. be able to tell the story again to keep it going. This movie, if it ended after this one and never got a sequel, it's still a complete movie. Yeah. But it did a cool enough ending that you're like, the tape's still out there. In fact, there's two out there now to kill people. 
these there's people the, happen to be yeah. safe, but now there's two tapes. Awesome. If you ended it there, my mind's going to go, so many people are going to die. And if you make a sequel and you show me so many people are going to die, I'm good with that too. See, did you like this kind of ending in a movie like Truth or Dare, where they spread that curse on to millions? Let's talk about it, because that's one of my questions I have, or one of my nits, I should say, with this movie is, this movie is a 2002 movie only. One, nobody has VCRs anymore, VHS tapes. Yeah. Number two, if this video was real in 2023 and killed people, some idiot would put it online and millions of people would be dead. Yeah. Immediately. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what happens in Truth or Dare, and that's why I don't like it. The thing with Truth or Dare, though, is... You have to play or you're dead, but you have to wait until your turn. So if there's an infinite amount of turns. Well, no, it's not. You have to wait for your turn to play and you'll always play because the guy that she finds stopped playing because he he got other people to play the game. It's the same exact concept. He passed his curse on to other people. When she shows back up, it reintroduces him to the game. That's why he freaks out. But that's why he also isolates himself and goes into hiding. He becomes a hermit and never leaves So no house. one can ask him truth Correct. But when she enters, when she enters his life, she brings the curse back to him. And then they bring the curse to everybody. So it's not about just waiting your turn. It's you have to pass it on and then you are safe. So she passes it on to be safe. But the problem is she passes it on to millions of people. So now everybody's dead. I must have gotten it confused with uh, you had to wait until your turn came back around. Yes, you do have to wait for your turn, but she's safe now. That's what I'm saying. Mm. You have to, when you're playing the game, you have to wait for your turn. But when you're not playing the game, to get out of the game, you have to pass on the curse. So she passes it on so that she's out the game. But now millions of people are playing the game. You say like, oh, you have to wait for your turn. Millions of these people aren't going to know it's their turn and they're just going to die. It's going to come back to you way faster than you think. Fair. That's why I don't like the truth or dare ending. It's, it went too big. Where, like this, this movie would have done the same thing if it was made today. It would have put it out on the internet, killed millions of people. It's too big. You can't go anywhere with that. Mm. This movie, making it, you only had to make one copy. You only had to show it to one person. And show it to one person. And if they died, the curse stops until somebody else watches the tape. Yeah. I think that's a cool ending. And then you can just burn the tapes. Pretty much. Let's, uh, let's go into questions first. Oh, okay. Just because we keep bringing up a bunch of stuff, but I have so many questions about this movie. Mm -hmm. Why not just destroy the tape? Like, how come in all the time that however many people have died from this tape, nobody has just sacrificed themselves and just destroyed the tape? I watched it. I'm going to die in seven days, but I can end it right here. Destroy the tape. There's no answer to that. Because she does destroy the one tape, but not the But she had already made a copy. Yeah. Or do we think you destroy the tape, it doesn't matter, Samara just makes another one. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Unanswerable question. How many people have survived the tape? How many copies do you actually think? So she sees the one and makes her copy. Do you think there's other tapes floating around somewhere? No. You think that's the one tape until the end of the movie and now there's two? Yes. So you think the four people at the cabin were the first ones to die? No. So other people have died? Yeah. Is the innkeeper in on this? He has the tape there. I don't think so. Does he know about this? I doubt it. Is it his copy of the tape? Did he watch the tape and now he makes a copy and he puts it on the shelf so other people have to watch it or will watch it? That'd be interesting. I just, I don't know. Do we need a prequel all about the innkeeper? <laughs> I do like the innkeeper. Yeah, he's fun. Um, Okay, weird question here. Unanswerable. What if you die before your seven days is up? What if on Monday I get the call seven days 
and on Wednesday, I get into an accident and die. What happens? Tomorrow's angry, but oh well. Or, hypothesis, am I immortal for seven days so that Samara can have me? Could I, like, literally just stand in front of a train and just survive because Samara wants to kill me? Maybe. I doubt it, though. Unanswerable. Yeah. Why does so much weird shit happen to Rachel? So the girls at the beginning are like, it's seven. She dies because it's been seven days since she watched it. Was weird shit happening to her too? Because yeah. she's pretty nonchalant if weird shit was happening. Ah, uh, I I think some weird stuff was happening, but not as much weird stuff because Rachel's actually delving into it. She's focusing on it. Yeah, I don't know. Weird. Let's let's go back to him. What was the deal with the creepy fucking kid? Literally, final I have no answer. Idea. Final answer. What was the deal with this kid? Why is he connected to Samara? Why is he drawing weird pictures? Why, 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 why? Why does he exist? Unanswerable. No. Because this is just dumb. Here's a random question. Okay. After this movie came out, did the fly population decrease drastically? Do you think people saw flies and they were like, oh, hell no, and just started killing all of them? Maybe. I mean, people were already killing flies before, but I feel like this movie might have... Made it worse. Made it worse? Possibly. Did we damage the fly population because of this movie? I doubt it. There's so many of them, and they they live and die so quickly. All right, go ahead. Is this movie supposed to be a commentary on people watching TV? Too much TV. No. Because we definitely get a scene where she's looking at people outside on her balcony and seeing every single person she can see is watching a TV. I mean, except for one person staring at her. Yeah, super weird. You also get the very first line of the movie where she says... You know, I heard there's so many magnetic waves traveling through the air because of TV and telephones... So we're losing like 10 times as many brain cells as we're supposed to. Uh, something along the lines of, you know, you shouldn't watch as much TV. I hear the waves from the TV. The TV waves can really mess you up. Yeah. Good, good to see that those conspiracy theories were still a thing in 2002. Yeah. Were a thing in 2002. They're still a thing in 2023. Let's I know. not kid ourselves. So, I don't know. Maybe. I don't think the writers are that smart. <laughs> I think people maybe just put that on it. Maybe. What is with the film coloring? The blue tint? Yeah, super blue. I love it. It's artistic. I told you, it's Gore Vabinsky. He does what he wants. That's fair. Uh, Is the kid necessary to the plot, or is he only there to be creepy? He's only there to be creepy and to give Rachel more motivation once he watches the tape. Okay. Does she have a photographic memory of this movie, or is that part of the curse? That's a good question, because I've thought about that too. And I think it's as she is in an area with the curse, with something from the movie it flashes in her head. I don't think she's remembering it. I think she has no choice but to see it. I was going to say, because I couldn't tell if that was supposed to be part of the curse or if she was just like, I remember every aspect of this movie. Do you like the fake out ending or the actual ending better? That was literally my next question after you got through yours was, should it have ended with them finding Samara in the well? Yes. Was it, would it have been a better movie if they ended it there? Yes. And we kind of got a quote unquote happy ending. Yes, I I really like that ending way better than the ending we got. Although I kind of like the open ending bit of that. Interesting that we both came up with the same question. I don't know what's a better movie because if you end it with them finding Samara in the well, it makes Samara a tragic character Mm -hmm. where everything can be explained away because of her torture. Yeah. But with the open ending, she's just an evil little prick. It changes a lot about her character. Yeah, so... You could, you could literally have two completely, you could shoot the exact hour and a half or hour 40 minutes and have a complete movie that people would like. 
and then you can tack on this 15 minutes, change the entire concept of that first hour and a half, and have a completely different movie. Which is insane. Right? Mm -hmm. That's why I had that question, because I was like, it is two endings, and yet they both work. Yeah. And I don't know which one I'd like better. What is the better Ring movie from 2002? This or Lord of the Rings of the Two Towers? Lord of the Rings. Is it a good ending? It's just blatant. Is it a good ending? Uh, my thing is yes and no, because technically it's a good ending. Is it an ending I wanted? No. Okay. Memorabilia from this movie? Probably the VHS tape. Okay. I want the horse that jumps off the boat. <gasps> but it I... would be ground meat. Well, I want the horse before it jumps off the boat. <laughs> <laughs> weirdo i don't want the dead horse i want the horse before it jumps off the boat uh if i can't have the horse uh what do i want i want the mirror Ooh, okay that the mom's brushing her hair in in the video so that every time i go to brush my hair my very very lack of hair i would get sufficiently scared that something's gonna happen see my problem with wanting the vhs like that that's like the one thing that i was like oh that's interesting but it has no markers on it so so what so you wouldn't be able to tell what it is. I mean, you play it and you know what it is. I guess. Would you just show it to people? And then like later that night, call them and be like, seven days. Seven days. <laughs> I'd I can get my you. friends again. We yeah. can totally do it. Yeah. You want a miniseries of this? Do you think a miniseries could work of this? Yeah. Seven episodes each day. Yeah. Is an episode. I guess we would need eight because we would need Noah's final day. You would probably need nine. Opening kill. Oh, yeah. Okay. Over the course of nine days, nine episodes. Uh, I think we just tack the opening kill on to day one of... Or you get rid of the opening kill Shut and up. you start with the funeral. I, I would love it. I would love a miniseries with this idea of this videotape. Mm -hmm. And I think you could make multiple seasons of it too. I think like a miniseries, but with different people. So season one is like this movie. Season two is brand new people that find the videotape and have to live or whatever. You know, like... It's the next person they show it to. Yeah. Like, you could keep it going, but they wouldn't be connected. They'd be their own individual stories. All about this videotape. Mm. I would totally watch it. Yeah. All right. So tell me what comes next. They show it to some random person on the street and that person dies. That's it? That's that's the best you can come up with? Honestly, I don't, I don't see Rachel being a better mother. I don't see the kid not being creepy. Like, I feel like they go back to status quo somewhat. That is the lamest what comes next. Yeah. That's probably why I don't think there should have been a sequel. Maybe you should watch the sequel before you decide if there shouldn't have been one. I guess. Uh, what comes next? So the kid is still connected to Samara, turns into a serial killer, kills a whole bunch of people, and we get, I don't know, somebody. Maybe John Doe from Seven. I was about to kid. say, is he? <laughs> He's John Doe from Seven. He's this kid right here. She's creepy as hell. Yeah, I, kid clearly is messed up for the rest of his life. Yeah. Definitely kills people. Yeah. And the mom's probably the first victim. Okay. Starts with his mom, becomes an orphan, goes about, just kills everyone. It's fair. I would watch that sequel. Would I? I would. Would I? <laughs> Maybe. Oh, I forgot I had another question. Is Samara actually the one chick's kid, like, cheated witchcraft and got pregnant with this chick? No. Because they say it in the movie what happened. They say that she was adopted, but then the dad was like, she should never have had a kid. Yeah, just meaning she was never meant to have a kid. I don't know. That's why thought, she had, if you look at I the report. I thought that's why she was super creepy and can do all these things. It's just like she was born out of witchcraft. 
It would have at least explained some of it. I mean, in the in the file, though, Noah finds, it says how many miscarriages this woman had. Mm-hmm. It was like five miscarriages. Exactly. They disappear, come back with a kid because they had to get her from somewhere. But they just happened to but pick the demon was a kid. C- certificate of live birth that the dad signed. I don't know, man. The movie didn't tell me. So I can only go off what the movie told me. And the movie told me they adopted her. <sighs> so they adopted her. All right. Um, Nitz. Sure. Uh, only having one black dress. That's how we're introduced to her being a shitty mother, is the fact that she's trying to find a dress and her kid had already set it out. Listen. How do you only have one? As a person who owns zero black dresses, one is more than enough. I have like seven. Um, grabbing someone else's cigarette to light your own without asking. She has a problem with grabbing stuff that isn't hers. That kid's drawings were so consistent that you could tell that they were fake. He drew the exact same they everything. Weren't, they weren't fake. They were mystical, uh-huh. magical. Yeah. He saw dead things. They were they were way too consistent for a kid. Because he wasn't the one drawing them. It was Samara. Ah. And she's magic. Ah. How does that book have the lighthouses have the exact same angle from the movie? Magic. <laughs> <laughs> um, that filing system in the newspaper backlogs is just god awful because there is no filing system. It's just no, it's, stuff stacked upon. Just because you don't understand it doesn't mean there isn't a system. Uh, you don't work there. Having the static on the TV. Yeah. Super bad flashbacks to, <laughs> to my wh- childhood. Having static on the TV? Yeah, that noise and that, oh, so terrible. So the thing that's supposed to put you on edge and make you feel weird, put you on edge and made you feel weird, and then you had a nit with it. For the wrong reason. No, I'm pretty sure it was for the right reason. Eh, I guess. It got the exact thing that it wanted from you. I guess. She only realizes that this chick had a daughter on the way to the island to try and find the chick. Yeah. How would she not find that beforehand? She was reading through all the stuff and she didn't notice that beforehand. What was she reading through? Newspapers? All Yeah, that's where she found it. Yeah, you don't announce births in newspapers. Yeah, but she found it on the way to the thing. Like, she hadn't read all this stuff before going there. Seven days. <laughs> she doesn't have seven months. Seven days. She's got to <laughs> She's gotta combine things. Why was there so many newspapers about this? It's 2002. Yeah, but this one woman having like 75 articles written about her? She was a very accomplished woman, and most of those new pa- newspapers were probably local. <sighs> and then... Don't touch horses that you don't know. Agreed. My last one, my, my, I guess my only one, because I haven't said nits yet. Well, I did have the nit about, imagine if this is 2023 and some idiot just put it on the internet. Mm-hmm. My other nit is, this movie's too much research. It's a grad student's wet dream. <laughs> it is like how to do seven days worth of hardcore research. Mm-hmm. And that's the entire movie. Oh man, some really cool shit's about to happen. No, I'm just kidding. She sat down at a desk. Oh man, something really cool is about to happen. No, just kidding. She's watching a video. Like, Again. it's just the biggest tease of horror ever and just always ends with research. <laughs> like, get you all jacked up. You know, you're getting hot and heavy. You're totally into it. Yeah. The foreplay is on point. And then they just pull out a newspaper. And you're like, you son of a... Yeah. No. Nah. All right, awards. All right. Psycho shower scene for your favorite scene in the movie. It's There's one answer here. It's Samara coming out of the TV at the end. It looks amazing. It's so creepy. And then she floats through the air and like teleports and shit. It's great. 
That that image is ingrained in my freaking head for the last 21 years. I did not pick that, even though it probably should have. Yeah, you probably should have, but it's okay. I, I picked uh, Finding Samara at the bottom of the well, mostly because I feel like the movie should have ended there. <laughs> so, so that was the best part for me because that was the ending I wanted. <laughs> I mean, again, would have been a good ending. All right, next up is the Life uh, Finds a Way Award, which we are renaming for all of you listeners who are used to it being Life Finds a Way. In honor of Halloween, we are going to change it to a line from the 1996 movie Scream, said by Matthew Lillard's character, Stu Mocker. This is now titled the I'll Be Right Back Award. I'll be right back! (laughs) And it's for your favorite line in the movie, Go ahead. Mine is from that innkeeper guy. Got your card? No. Damn. <laughs> innkeeper. He stole that scene. Yes. He stole, he stole that scene. He was so I needed more of him. funny. The innkeeper was played by Richard Lineback, mm-hmm. who is in like a ton of movies. It's crazy that he was such a small part in this. He was in Twister. Speed, Natural Born Killers, Varsity Blues. These were all movies that came out before this. Mm -hmm. And then he has this very bit part. And you're like, but why? (laughs) But why? Yeah, so good. The damn gets me. He's great. Innkeeper, great. All right, my award winner is... I set it free. You helped her? Yeah. Why did you do that? What's wrong, honey? You weren't supposed to help her. It's okay now. She's not gonna hurt you. She... Don't you understand, Rachel? She never sleeps. The line delivery by the kid in this scene is probably the scariest part of the entire movie. Mm -hmm. It is spine-tingling, the way he delivers it. And then you also, in the same exact moment, get the realization that there is no happy ending. So good. It was just weird to me that he decided to say she never sleeps instead of like, she enjoys it. She wanted to hurt those people. Well, because they they laid her to rest. I guess. Get it? She can't They laid sleep. her to rest. She doesn't sleep. Yeah. They go hand in hand. It's I guess. It's a play on words. Way to be cryptic, kid. Yeah, he's been cryptic this whole movie. Ugh. Next is the Prestige Award. Every magic trick has a third act, the part we call the Prestige. For the biggest WTF moment in the movie, and I'm going to tell you right now, it's the f***ing horse. Yep. It's the... So she's on the boat going to the island, and there's a horse there for some reason, and she starts petting the horse. First of all, bitch, it ain't your horse. Don't touch horses that aren't yours. Keep your hands off the horse. Mm Mm-hmm. But because she is cursed right now, the horse can sense it because Samara has killed hundreds of horses before. Mm -hmm. So the horse can feel it and he starts panicking. He runs around the whole boat that she's on, jumping over cars and stuff. And then he leaps over the edge and gets chopped up by the propeller. Yeah. This is such an unnecessary scene. Mm -hmm. Why? I hated it. Hated every second of it. Yeah. Is that also your winner? Oh, yeah. Okay. I, this was the only award I had while watching the movie, picked out. Because as soon as it happened, I'm like, nope, this is this is that moment. Don't, I don't care what else happens in this movie. That's going to be the winner. 
Next is the Jimmy Dugan Award. Boy, that was some good peeing. For a moment in the movie where you can take a piss break. The second time Rachel checks in with Noah where they're going over the footage and they start to see the, that there's more attached to it, that whole bar is boring as heck. It's no, they don't actually to the plot. But they don't actually find out what's there. But, so, they, but so, that's how they figure out that it can stretch so that she can find out what's there. But she could have just found that out later on. I just, nothing super important happens there because she doesn't actually see what's there. All right, that's fair. My award winner for this award is the same as my prestige award. I'm going to take a piss while the horse is panicking. I don't need to see it. I don't want to see it. If it's going to have to be in the movie, I might as well go get a snack, take a piss, do something, and then come back when it's all said and done. I didn't know we could double dip. I'm definitely double dipping. <laughs> Screw that. The Han Shot First Award. Yeah, Oscar. Yes, I bet you have. For the thing that held up the worst since this movie came out, it is child murder. The mom killing Samara. It could have been anything else. <laughs> I lock her away. Like child abuse is is bad too, but like straight up just putting a bag over this girl's head and dumping her in a well because you didn't like her drawings and the fact that she was creepy. Come on. Come on. This is why having a story beat of her being like a demon baby given to her because she was so desperate makes a little bit more sense that she's actually just evil. Sure. I don't care. I don't care what the reason is. Fair. Child murder doesn't hold up. Rachel. She's she's terrible. I don't want to follow her. She's annoying. <laughs> I, she I don't I I literally wrote down because of the horse part this B word could die. Oh, I what did I put in my notes? Hold on. My my exact notes are she fucks up a horse, hope she dies, you horse killer. It's my exact notes I wrote during that scene. I, I my exact note was bitch can die. Yeah. So yeah. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. She should have died instead of Noah. <laughs> oh, that would have been cool. Mm-hmm. I would have accepted that. Because he has that whole moment in the car where he's like I don't know how to be a dad. That's why I left. But like at the same time, I don't want somebody else to be your dad. Yeah. <laughs> He's got to <laughs> laugh. Remember, he's got to laugh. So if they would have flipped it and she died, but he got saved and now he had to be a dad. Yeah. That would have been cool. Yeah. That would have been cool. I like that ending. Last award is the Paul Rudd Award. I'm Paul Rudd and I adapt. For what held up the best since this movie came out. It's the score. Oh, okay. Hans Zimmer. He's a mad genius, and it's the score. I was torn for my award. I wrote down the concept because it is a scary idea. I don't know if it was executed well, but it was a good idea. But I also really want to give it to the visual effects. It actually did really well. A lot of those held up really well, mostly because there wasn't that many. It was just her the visual effect of her being grainy, uh, coming out of the TV... Like the fly, I thought was okay. All right, decisions. So I have a, a, a. I'm on the edge on this as well. No, no edges. Decisions. Well, because as a horror movie, I'm not sure it holds up. But as a thriller movie, I think it holds up. We don't. We don't care about genre. We just say, does the movie hold up? By the slimmest of margins, I think it holds up. This movie holds up. It is a well thought out movie with some good acting. Like Naomi Watts is a terrible character. But she's a good actress in this. She plays this part really well. Well, the part where Noah's watch, not Noah, 
Aiden watches the videotape and she walks in just as it's ending and she screams no. No! It's a great no. He's got some like real pain behind it. Great moment. Good acting. Good story. Pacing's a little off. Visuals are fantastic. Score's amazing. Like, if it's good everything except for maybe the pacing, it has to hold up. If I, if I go to the plate six times in a baseball game and I get five hits, success. Especially if one of them's a home run. There's also so many questions that are unanswerable. Oh my God, yeah. We're so many plot the, holes and just... We're gonna have to watch the sequel because I don't remember it that well. Because I've only seen it once and I want to know if they answer some of these things. <laughs> I might put it on when we're done with this pod and just watch it. Yeah. All right, that's it. So you got two, yes, it holds up. One definitively, one on the edge. Mm-hmm. Let us know over on our socials what you think about this movie, if it holds up or not. You can find that by clicking the link in the description of this episode. And come back next week when we'll be talking another horror movie for Halloween season. Until then, just remember to be good to yourself, be kind to others, and as always, keep watching movies. Bye!